Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you this morning on this Palm Sunday, uh, the week leading into Easter uh, week. And so there's a lot of exciting things going on. I know you've heard a lot about them. And so we're just going to get right into the word this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share uh, my heart with you this morning. We're just going to look into the word of God and expect him to say something to us today that will change us. How many of you want to go changed? You want to leave this place changed. So we expect God to change us by the power of His Spirit. Amen. I just want to start with something a little bit funny this morning. Um, there was a, a real enthusiastic Sunday school teacher who uh, looked at her class of four-year-olds, and she asked the question, does anyone know what today is? Well, one thing I can tell you right now, this ain't part of the joke. It's a windy day. Let me see if I can figure this out. All right. And, uh, and one of the little girls in her class raised their hand real quickly and she said, I know what today is. Today is Palm Sunday. And today is Palm Sunday, by the way, in case you didn't know. And so the teacher asked, that's great. Does anyone know what next Sunday is going to be? And again, the little girl enthusiastically raised her hand and she said, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And the teacher said, that's right. She goes, do you know what makes next Sunday be Easter Sunday? And the little girl said, yes, it's because Jesus came out of the tomb. That makes it Easter Sunday. And before the teacher could congratulate her, she said, and if he goes and if he sees his shadow, he has to go back in for seven weeks. Are you laughing in your car? I can't hear you. How many of you, how many of you know that Jesus did not go back in the tomb for seven weeks or seven minutes? Or seven seconds, when Jesus came out of the tomb, he came out victoriously. Now, she got it right. It was Palm Sunday, and she got it right about Easter Sunday, but she didn't get it all right. And many times, that's the same for us. And that's why we need the truth of God's Word, because it's the truth that makes us free. And so I want to look this morning at some truths about why Jesus came to the earth. See, the what of Easter we're all familiar with. The what of Easter is that Jesus died and he came out of the tomb. We're pretty familiar with that. But I want to talk for a few minutes this morning about the why of Easter. Because Jesus came to the earth for a purpose and a reason. If you've ever had anyone come up to your house or to your window in the parking lot and they knock on your window or they knock on your door, they're there because they come with a purpose. There is something that they have in mind that they want to do. And when Jesus came to the earth in human form, he came here on purpose for a purpose. And you know, it was on Palm Sunday that we read in Scripture that Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem. And he had throngs of people, many masses of people at this time that were following him. And they were waving palm branches. And they were throwing palm branches down. And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were wanting to make him an earthly king. But there were some things that they just didn't understand about why Jesus really came. They misunderstood the purpose of him being there. They so misunderstood Jesus's purpose on that day that as Jesus got beyond them on that donkey and he came into Jerusalem, the scripture says that Jesus wept over Jerusalem and his heart was broken because they did not get, they did not understand why he came. We don't want to be a people that misunderstand why Jesus came for us because to the degree that we understand that truth will be the degree that those truths are operating in our lives. So I want to give you four quick reasons this morning, and this isn't an all-inclusive list. There's many other reasons, but I want to give you four reasons why Jesus came. 
why Jesus came to the earth. The scripture says in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and Jesus was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14 of John 1, it says, And, and the Word, who we know as Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we know that Jesus did die on the cross, and we know that he did rise again, and we're so excited and we're so thankful for that. But that was the climactic event of his life. It was the culmination of 33 and a half years of Jesus walking around on this earth in the flesh. And every second of every minute of every hour of every day that Jesus was on this earth, he had a purpose that he was fulfilling and there was a reason that he was here and I want us to talk just for a few minutes this morning about some of those reasons why Jesus came to be on this earth as a man first I would say number one that Jesus for those of you who are taking notes I don't know if you do that in your car or not but number one Jesus came to reveal the father's heart to us Jesus came to the earth to reveal the father's heart to us there was an interesting conversation between uh, Jesus and one of his uh, disciples, Philip, in John chapter 14. And Philip said to Jesus, he said, Lord, Jesus, would you show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us? And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? One of the main purposes that Jesus came and walked on this earth for 33 and a half years was to reveal God to humanity as a heavenly Father. This was so foreign to the people of His day because they knew Him in a lot of different ways from the Old Testament. They knew Him as Jireh, provider. They knew his, Him as Shama, the God who is present. They knew Him as Jehovah-Rohi, the shepherd, and Shalom, the peace. And they knew Him as Yahweh, and they knew Him as all of these things. But when Jesus spoke up and He said, the, one of the main reasons that I came to this earth was I wanted to reveal to you a facet, a side, a revelation of God that you don't know and that you need to know and understand and that is the God in heaven is a heavenly father and I want you to know him as father he came to reveal to us God's nature he came to reveal to us what God's character was like what God's heart was like so that as he walked among men and women and boys and girls on this earth that when they looked at him and when we look at him we know and we understand and we have a clear picture of who it is that we serve and who it is that we commit our lives to and who we do who we give our lives to as a, hev a loving heavenly father who is in heaven he wanted us to, to understand some things that we didn't know about who God was. Because from the very beginning, the enemy has worked hard to paint a picture of God that's not true. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Satan is the father of lies. And Jesus came and walked among us because he wanted to obliterate the lies that the enemy had told us about who God really was. He wanted to... Do away with misconceptions and wrong ideas about who God in heaven really is. Because Jesus said God is more than some distant cosmic force out there in the universe somewhere. Or some egocentric deity that all he wants you to do is just 
worship him because he only cares about himself or some cruel taskmaster that's up in the sky and all he wants for you is for you to do his bidding and for you to obey him. What Jesus came to reveal to us was that God is a loving heavenly father and that he desires and wants and longs to have a relationship with his children. And that a loving heavenly father loved us so much that he came down out of heaven and came to a planet of orphans so that he could renew a relationship with us. See, it's important for us to know and to understand who God really is because what we believe about God will always, uh, will always define the relationship that we have with God. Who I believe God to be will determine the kind of relationship that I have with him. If I believe that he's just sitting up there waiting for me to mess up so he can slap my head or bonk me on the head, how many of you know that's going to define my relationship with him? If I believe that he's busy with everybody else and that he doesn't really care about me, that's going to define if and when I pray and how I approach him. But if I understand what Jesus came to reveal to us, and that is that God is not only a father, but he is a loving heavenly father, and that he calls me and he calls you his children, his very own, then that means we have access and we have entrance and we have freedom to come boldly to him any place, any time, and know that we will be freely received because he loves us so much. See, when you think about God, if you think about him in any other way, then you have a misperception of who God is. If you think about God as being the one who puts diseases on people, how many of you know that's a lie and a mis misperception of who God is? If you read the New Testament, if you really want to know who God really is, read, read the New Testament and read every word that Jesus spoke, read every interaction that he ever had with people. Read how he acted. Read, read how he communicated. Look at his life because you're looking at the Father. When we look at Jesus, we see that he never started a storm that I could ever find. He only calmed storms. I never see, saw him ever put a disease on a person. He only healed people of diseases. I never saw him condemn or reject or stiff arm anyone. I only saw him give grace and mercy and love. So if you want to know what our Heavenly Father is like, all we have to do is look at the life that Jesus lives, lived. And it was one of the primary purposes that Jesus came to the earth was to reveal to us a Father. How many of you know that the Scripture says that we can taste and see that the Lord is, say it out, out loud in your car, taste and see that the Lord is good. Scripture tells us in 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. God is light. God is good. And Jesus came to reveal that to us. Acts 10.38, I, I love this scripture. It's a synopsis of Jesus' life, which is a synopsis of God's character that we can look at. It says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went about doing good. Everybody say, Jesus did good. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So firstly, Jesus came. One of the reasons why Jesus came was to reveal the Father's heart to us. Secondly, Jesus came to fulfill the Father's plan for us. I'm so thankful that the Father in heaven knew that we were going to mess it up. 
And from the beginning, even though he created a perfect place for Adam and Eve to reside, and it was a perfect uh, plan to be able to walk with them every day, man didn't walk it out perfectly. The serpent entered, sin entered into the world, and the Scripture tells us that all have sinned since then and fallen short of the glory of God. The Scripture tells us that the wages of those sin is death. And even though God wanted to have a perfect place and a perfect relationship with His creation, sin came in and sin messed it up. But I'm so thankful that the devil wasn't ahead of God. God was ahead of the devil because there was a plan that was already in place. And it was called Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. God loved you and I so much that He already made provision for our failure. He already made provision for our weakness. He already made provision for our sin and the death that would encapsulate us when we were born into this world. And one of the main reasons Jesus came to this earth was to fulfill the plan of God to buy us back and to ransom us back because God loved us so much. We should never get tired of quoting it. We should never get tired of hearing it that John 3.16 for God, our Heavenly Father, so loved the world. Not just America, not just us. He loved the whole world that He gave his only begotten son this whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life I pray that everybody on this parking lot this morning truly believes that knows that and understands that that there's a loving heavenly father who does not stiff arm you today who does not push you away today he does not condemn you regardless of what you've done or where you've been or how you've done life he loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you it's the good news of the gospel it's the good news it's the best news that you'll find on planet earth is that you you are loved by God. And Jesus came to this earth to pay a debt that you and I could never, ever pay. He came to ransom us back, to take us out of a kingdom of darkness and to bring us into a kingdom of light. See, when sin came in, sin separated humanity from divinity, mankind from God. And there was no way we could cross that expanse. The only way we could cross that expanse was if the cross was laid across that great divide. The Scripture tells us that there could be no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Jesus came to fulfill the Father's plan to buy us back. He came into the slave market of this world where we were slaves to sin and we were slaves to the God of this world. We were, slave, uh, we were slaves uh, to unrighteousness. And he came into that slave market and he came and he paid the price and he bought us out of Satan's slave market and he gave us new life. I want to take just a moment right here this morning. I, I, would, I would love to know that everybody on this parking lot understands and has had the opportunity to give your heart and your life to the Lord. One of the primary reasons why Jesus came was He came to fulfill God's plan to allow us to be in relationship with God. And I'm just going to quickly say a prayer. And if, you've, if you're not sure that your life belongs to God, if you're not sure that you are a child of God and that you've surrendered your life to Him, God doesn't make it complicated. He makes it very simple. All you have to do is say, God... I recognize that my life falls short. I recognize this morning that there is sin that has kept me from you. And this morning I repent of my sin. God, I come to you 
because I know that you love me and that Jesus made a way for me to come to you, that the blood was spilled on Calvary's cross so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be redeemed, so that I could be ransomed, so I could be brought back into relationship with you. Wash me of my sin. Though my sins were as scarlet, you said the blood of Jesus makes them white as snow. Come into my life. I give my life to you. I call you my father and I recognize that I am your child. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Give a honk to someone this morning who gave their life to the Lord. It's the most important thing that we ever do on this earth. Scripture says in John 1.12, As many as received them, to him he gave the right to become children of God for those who believe in his name. God's plan that Jesus came to fulfill was Jesus came to die for us. He came to redeem us. He came to ransom us. He came to adopt us. And he came to make us his very own. And I'm so thankful the scripture says that if anyone is in Christ... Scripture says that we're a new cre creation. We're a new cre creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. I don't know if you are any old-timers out there, but I'm getting to be one of them. But I was raised on the good old hymn book. Do you remember the song that says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me. Amen. Are you thankful for the love of God? Number one, Jesus came to reveal the Father's heart to us. Number two, Jesus came to fulfill the Father's plan for us. Number three, we're going to hit these last two real quick. Number three, Jesus came to reveal the Father's will for us. You know, if the only thing that our Heavenly Father had in mind was eternal life tomorrow, then I believe that when we surrendered ourselves to Him and we came into relationship with Him, that He may have beamed us right on out of here because it would have been done. But all of us who have given our life to the Lord know that we have tomorrow that's secure. But the other thing that we need to know and understand is that we have a day today that God has given us resurrection life. It's not just for tomorrow. John 10.10 10 says the thieves come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they might have life and to have life to the full. Jesus didn't just come so that we'll have life tomorrow. Jesus came to reveal to us the will of God that we would be a people that's not only saved for eternity, but we are saved for today. That we don't only have victory promised us tomorrow, that He's made a way for us to be in victory today. Abundant, overcoming, victorious life. And many of the people that were following Jesus during Palm Sunday and during that week, they were following him because they had seen Jesus do mighty miracles. The most recent of which was that he raised Lazarus from the dead. And I love the fact that Jesus was able to speak a word and resurrection life came into a dead body, just like happened just a few moments ago, maybe in some of your lives, that he comes into our life and he calls that which was dead and he makes it alive. And there comes resurrection power into our life. But I want you to know it's not just for tomorrow. See, when he said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus, life came back into his body and he stood up and he began walking out of that grave. But I love that that wasn't the end of the work that Jesus did in Lazarus' life. Because not only did he give him new life, he said, 
the scripture says that Lazarus came out and he was bound hand and foot and around his head with grave clothes and Jesus said this to those that were standing there he said loose him from all of the grave clothes and let him go because I want him completely free see Jesus came to reveal to us not only does he want to save us for tomorrow but he wants to save us today he saved us to live an overcoming life today he says this to us that we know the truth and the truth makes us free we don't have to to live holding on for the hope of tomorrow that if I can just make it through today one day I'll get to a place of happiness one day I'll get to a place of peace one day I'll get to a place of rest no today is that day the scripture says that Jesus I believe it's first John 3 8 I can't find it my notes are all blown away right up here but Jesus the scripture says for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil that he might destroy the works of the devil. Another version of that says that he might undo the work of the devil. From the day you and I breathe our first breath on this planet, you can look all throughout Scripture and you can see, not only did God have a plan for our life, but the enemy had a plan for our life. He began at the very beginning to steal, kill, and destroy from us. It happened in relationships. It happened in homes. It happens in circumstances. It happens in words that are said. It happens in, in, in things that we walk through and steps that we take in life, choices that we make, choices that other people make that scar us, that mar us, that break us, that bind us. All of those things that, that try to set up on our life. And yes, Jesus comes. He comes to redeem us. And yes, He comes to save us. And yes, He's got a mansion that He's building for us in heaven. And yes, we're going to spend eternity with Him in the sweet by and by. But what about today? Today He says, I came to the earth not only to save you for tomorrow, but to undo the works of the devil in your life. If that's depression, if that's addiction, if that's hopelessness, if that's fear, if that's anxiety, if that's sickness, none of those things come from a good father. Those things come from Satan himself. And Jesus said, I want you to know that the will of God is that you have life tomorrow and life more abundantly today. I came to undo the works of the enemy. I don't know how many of you use a computer or not, but one of the most uh, often clicks that I make on a computer is when I make a mistake I just go right up there to that little back arrow it's called the undo button and I can click it and what was a mess up can be made right in a moment that's the power of Jesus that's the will of the Father in our life that those mess ups and those mistakes and those problems and that pain that the enemy has caused in our life Jesus came so that we, while we were on this earth, those things could be undone. The broken heart could be made whole. The tormented mind could be set at peace. The broken relationship could be made right. That offense that rules my life can find forgiveness and peace. That is the will of God in our lives. Just open your hands right there where you're at. I just want to pray over this. I don't know in your life where you're at, but I would presume that many of you that are sitting here this morning, and I hope everyone is, that you're secure, that Jesus came to fulfill the Father's plan to redeem your life. He shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins to secure our tomorrow in heaven, and we can't wait for tomorrow. But what about today? 
right there in your car, I just want you to know that the presence of God is here to undo some things. Jesus came to reveal the Father's will, that you would have abundant life here today. And you think, well, how, how can I do it? i got to do this. Well, how can I all undo this? And how can... No, we have to trust in the power of Jesus, in the power of His blood, in the power of the Holy Spirit to come and set things right in our life that we can't do. What we can do is we can lift our hands to Him and we can say, Jesus, undo the work of the enemy. Just say that in and over your life this morning. Whatever it is, Jesus, undo the work of the enemy. Jesus, destroy the works of the devil in my life, in my marriage, in my children, in my family, in my finances, in, in my calling, in my yesterday, and in my today, and in my tomorrow. Jesus, I thank you that your will is to destroy the works of the enemy. I thank you that you came to undo what the devil has done. And God, you can do it in a way that no one else can. Repair it. Fix it. Heal it. Set it straight. God, I thank you that you deliver and that you make whole in our lives today. We thank you for it, Jesus. In your mighty name. Jesus came to reveal the will of the Father. And then lastly, this is our close. Not only did Jesus come to reveal the Father's heart to us and to fulfill the Father's plan for us and to reveal the Father's will for us, but he also came to release the Father's power to us. Let me say it again. He came to release the Father's power to us. I'm so thankful that Jesus was, was on the earth and that He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil and healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out devils. But guess what? He left. But He said, I don't leave you alone. He said, if you ask of the Father for a fish, He's not going to give you a serpent. If you ask for bread, He's not going to give you a stone. He said, what I'm telling you is it's better for you if I go away because there's a power that's coming that will indwell your life so that you can walk in consistent and constant everyday victory in your life. He came and He took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He overcame the enemy. He crushed Satan under His feet. He, took, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And then He said this, and he said now I give it to you he said greater works than what I did will you do what sense does that make it just means this when Jesus was here on the earth there was one of him going about doing good going about extending the kingdom but now what he said was now the curtain has been torn in the temple and now the spirit no longer is back there the spirit of God is in you the temple we are the temple and He deposited His power within our lives. And He said greater works. Now it's not just me walking around on the earth. It's me in each and every one of you going where I can't go. I'm going in you so that you can be salt and so that you can be light and so that you can go and make disciples and so that you can go and baptize and so that you can go and lay hands on the sick and you can go and cast out devils and you can go and walk in victory. How many of you know this morning Jesus came and he left something with us. He said, go, I got a lot for you to do, but hang out until you receive the gift of the Father. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God now dwells in the children of God. We are the temple of God. We house the very presence of God. And he said, tell them wherever you go, that's you. Everybody put your hand on your chest. Pastor Jerry, yes. Pastor Elaine, yes. But not just them. Wherever you go, the kingdom has come nigh them. Wherever we go, because of the presence of God in us, the kingdom comes nigh. We carry the kingdom. We're kingdom carriers. We have a deposit on the inside of us. We're not overcome. We're overcomers. We're not victims. We're victorious. We're not helpless. We have been helped. We have what we need this morning. We open our mouth and we proclaim 
the goodness of God. We proclaim the truth of God and we are free. Father, I thank you for your word that makes us free. I thank you, Jesus, that you came to do so many things. I thank you, Je thank you, Jesus, that you came to establish your church, which we are a part of, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus, you came and you deposited so much for us here on this earth. We want to walk in it. We love you in Jesus' name.